You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We're in our second week of our series, um, The God I Never Knew. And, um, and we took a break last week. Pastor Miles came from the Father's house and, and just uh, ministered to our hearts. And so it was an awesome time. Um, so, so we missed last week, but we're jumping in this week. Back at week two, next week we're going to conclude it. And then the month of November is going to be awesome because we're just doing vision the entire month of November of what God, we feel like God is, is saying and wanting to do in uh, this house. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, the first week of our series, uh, The God I Never Knew, we looked at, we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, if you grew up in church, like you may have... Uh, you just may have seen things that are weird, and, and, and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you might even just be like, well, that's, you know, I don't know about the Holy Spirit. But what we're trying to do in this series is, is try to peel back the curtain uh, so that we can see the beauty of who the Holy Spirit is. And, and uh, week one, we looked at the Holy Spirit. He's our helper, he's our friend, and he's our God. And this week, um, we're going to talk about... Uh, Something that I think is, is going to be uh, a lot of fun, and hopefully it's an opportunity that we all learn something. But I want to read to you our, our text for today. It's found in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, and it says this. During the 40 days after he suffered, he being Jesus, and died, he appeared to the apostles from, the time, from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. So Jesus when he was resurrected, he just, he kind of did this thing where he would just pop up in different places and be like, I'm alive. And people are like, ah! <laughs> like it's crazy. Uh, Jesus, he, he's a funny, funny guy. Um, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God, verse 4. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you out, sends you, excuse me, the gift he promised. As I told you before, John the ba- John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus, he was referring to a moment that we're actually going to talk about today, and, and uh, this morning I want to talk to you from the subject, understanding Pentecost, understanding Pentecost. Let's pray in one more time and then we will get started. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for what you've already been doing in this place. God, I pray right now that, um, that you would just help us to engage and to lean in with what you're wanting to speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just, uh, you would just have your way, that you would draw hearts to, to Jesus this morning. I thank you that we, when, when we leave today, that we're not leaving the same way that we came in. God, we want to leave, even if it's just a little bit better than how we came in, God, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, this has happened to me. It seems like it happens a lot to me. Um, I'm I'm either at a restaurant or at coffee or at a store, and um, I just, I like, I'll get a headache or my allergies, and I say something like, Man, I, my allergies, and just random people come up and, and like, hey, I have some, some allergy medicine for you or some, and it's crazy, you know? Um, 
But, but out of all the times that this has happened, I, I think the, the most awkward time was when I was at a coffee shop. I was, I, I think it was actually Panera, and um, I was studying for, for a Sunday morning, and uh, my head just, it, it started hurting really bad. And, and I, I must have said something out loud because some lady came up to me and she's like, I have some Tylenol for you. Uh, and I was like, oh, awesome. Thank you. And she's like, would you like some? Would you, would you like some Tylenol? And I was like, you know, so here, here's something about me. I think that every person that I come across will one day eventually step foot in discovery. And so I was like, sure, I'll take some Tylenol. And I was not expecting this, but it, she's like, and she goes into her purse and she pulls out like this, it was like this bottle, but the label was off. <laughs> and it had like a little bit of lint, you know, lint on the little sticky part where the label was. And, and she whips it out of the bottle and she's like, I know I have some in here. And she opens it up and she pours, pours it in her, in her hand. That's a problem right there for all the germaphobes, right? Like, like did you use Purell? And, and, and so it comes out, and, and I'm looking at, but, but here, here, here's the thing. Not only was it sketchy because there was no label on the thing, but there's like 50 different pills in this, <laughs> in her hand. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I am far in it now. Like, I can't back down now. God give me strength. And she's like, she, 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 she's like, here you go. And she hands me like this white one. And I was like, thank you so much. And so here was my goal. I was going to like just say thank you. And once she walks away, just. But and here's why this was such a bizarre moment. She handed it to me. I took it. And she was like this. Creeper. <laughs> I, was, I was so confused. And it was like she was waiting for me to take the Tylenol. And I was like, I'm, I'm too far in it now. So I... <laughs> she walks away. <gasps> ah! And in that, mo in that moment, I was like, I have a headache, but I was so freaked out by the bottle of this package that I would prefer a headache over than being helped. And I was thinking about that this morning, and I think that's, uh, that's, that's similar to the the subject in which we're talking about today with the Pentecost or Pentecostal. I think for a lot of us, when we think of the word Pentecost or Pentecostal, it's been packaged in such a way that when we see it and when we hear it, we're like, mm, I'd rather have the headache than have help. And, and we look at at, at this thing, because here's the deal, like when I typically never tell people that I'm a pastor, because as soon as I'm like, yeah, I'm a pastor, they stop cussing in front of me, they, they, like, they talk about how good they are, and I don't want that, like I just want people to be real around me, you know? 
And so I never, ever tell people I'm a pastor. But whenever someone finds out I'm a pastor and they ask me about the church, they, they always ask this. It never fails. Are you guys Pentecostal? And, and, and some people, they ask it with an excitement like, please tell me you are. But majority of the people, when they ask me that, it's with, it's with a caution. It's with a, mm, are, you guys, are you guys Pentecostal? Is, are you? And I think what has happened is that, like I said, we, we've packaged the idea of Pentecost, Pentecostal into a package that has freaked most people out. And we've packaged the idea and, and we've defined Pentecostal as, or Pentecost as like a way that we move or the way that we fall or the way that we bring snakes out or the way that we dress. Like, and it's just been packaged in this way that I think is so far from how God has intended it to be seen. And to be packaged and for us to experience and encounter. And so this morning, my goal is to paint a clear picture of Pentecost to you. And to, by the time we're done, hopefully that you will be able to see, man, that Pentecost is for me too. Pentecost is, is for you. Now, uh, so, so again, the word Pentecost for a lot of people, it's very scary. They, they think of it, and, and again, they're, they're just like, I don't know. But he, here's what Pentecost means. Check this out. The word penta, it means five, right? Pentagon. Uh, the word uh, coste, the Greek word coste, that, that means times ten. Okay? So, so get this. Here we go. Here's how scary the word Pentecost is. The word Pentecost means, ready? It means 50. Ooh. Scary, right? Like, I know you guys are like, it's Halloween, stop, that's too much. Pentecost means 50. And yet it's been distorted to, to, for, for people to think it's this scary thing, but it just means 50. And so we're going to look at, at understanding what Pentecost really is. And I think the best way that we can look and, and understand Pentecost is by understanding three Jewish festivals, three main Jewish festivals that, that happen in Jerusalem. And, and I have them right here. I'm a visual learner. I don't know about you. If I didn't have this up here, I would have been confused and I would have been making up things and just praying that y'all believe me. Come on. And so uh, there, there are three, in, in the Jewish custom, there, there are three main festivals that, uh, that all Jewish people come to three times a year. They, they, they meet at Jerusalem, and, and it's a time for them to stop and reflect on the journey that God had taken, the Israel, taken Israel from Egypt to the Promised Land. And what's interesting is each one of these feasts, they correspond with a moment in that journey from Egypt to, uh, to the promised land, Canaan. And so I know what you're probably thinking. You're like, how does this even relate to me? I'm not Jewish. Like, how, 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 are these, how, do, how does this relate to me? I'm glad you guys asked. 
I really appreciate that. Thank you. So, so he, here's, here's how these relate to us. Uh, it's, Jesus says this in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. I love this. Don't misunderstand. This is Jesus speaking. Don't misunderstand why I have come. So Jesus is like, hey, don't get it twisted. I, I came here for a reason. He said, I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophet. Now, that's the Old Testament. Uh, the law, right, the first few books of, of the Old Testament, the prophets, the remaining books. He said, uh, so don't, I didn't come to abolish the law, the Old Testament. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. He said, in, in uh, some translations, maybe in your Bible, it says, I, I didn't come to abolish it, but I came to fulfill it. And so though these festivals and, and these different places in, in time that these feasts stand for, though, though we may not be Jewish, here's the deal. I'm going to show you how Jesus had fulfilled them or will fulfill them so that it's applicable to you and to I. You guys ready? So here's the first one. And this is kind of, uh, I'm, I'm teaching. I'm not really a teacher, so just bear with me. We'll see if we can get some preach on at some point in here. Um, so, so, so the first one is the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Passover, <clears throat> and uh, the, pe the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Passover, it, it reminds, uh, it reminds the, the children of Israel, it reminds the Jewish uh, people of the moment when uh, God was going to free them out of Egypt, and uh, God had, had commanded the Israelites to, to kill a lamb, I know my last name's Peter, I get it, like just chill, okay? They, they killed the lamb, they got the blood, and they put the blood over the doorstep, and, or the doorpost, excuse me, and when the angel of death came, he would pass over the doorstep. And it spared their lives. And, and so when, when, they sell, when, when, when the Jewish people celebrate uh, the feast of Passover, that's what they're, they're remembering how God was faithful when the angel of death passed over them. Now here, here, here's a couple of characteristics that I want you to understand about this. It is that, um, so, so now when, when, they, when, when, they sat, when they remember the feast of, of Passover, what they'll do is early in the morning, they'll, they'll kill a lamb. In the afternoon, they'll put it in the oven and, uh, and, 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 and obviously cook it. And, and, and the, the blood from the lamb, here, here's, and you got to get this, here's what it signifies, is uh, the covering, keyword is covering of sin. And so that the, the blood from the lamb, it, it, it signified a, a covering of the mistakes that, that these people have made. Now here's how Jesus fulfilled it. I love this. First uh, Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7, it says this, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed for us. So Jesus, he fulfilled this feast by dying on the cross early in the morning. Later that afternoon, he was stuffed in the grave. But unlike the blood of the lamb that only covered the sin, Jesus' blood was the ultimate sacrifice. And he didn't just cover it, he erased it. 
Isn't that amazing? He erased it. I love what 2 Corinthians says, that if anyone is, is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, creation. Come on. The old has passed away. Come on, that is good news for people like me that has a past. That I know that Jesus' blood, what he did for me, it doesn't just put a band-aid over it. It heals me for good. And so Jesus, he fulfilled this by dying on the cross for us. So that's the first one, the, the Passover. The Passover is fulfilled. And we have the ability to tap into that when we decide to give our lives to Jesus. The second one, this is the one we're going to focus on the most today. So I'm just going to go over it really quick. Um, this is the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost. And the Feast of Pentecost, it, it is the time... In, in, in the journey from Egypt to Canaan, where uh, God gave Moses the law. Okay, so just remember that. We'll come back to that one. So we have the Feast of Pentecost. Jesus had fulfilled it. Uh, we have the Feast of, I'm sorry, the Feast of Passover. Jesus will fulfill it. The Feast of Pentecost. Uh, Jesus fulfilled this, and we'll look at how we did that. But then we have this, the Feast of Tabernacle, and this one has not yet been for fulfilled. But but uh, the when is when uh, when the, when they come to to Jerusalem to to celebrate this Feast of Tabernacle, this right here, the, it's a time for them to remember from this point when God gave them the law all the way until they reached the Promised Land. Now, here are a couple interesting characteristics about that. Uh, the first thing is this. It took uh, Israel 40 years to get to the promised land. A and most theologians say that they just walked in circles. <laughs> like they could have made it a lot faster if they had ways. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and so they were wanderers for 40 years. And that's where the, the, the tabernacle fits into place because they, they wouldn't have a permanent location of housing. Come on, they, they were a set-up, tear-down type of church. And so they would, they, yeah, come on. <laughs> There's anointing in set-up, tear-down, y'all. And, uh, and, and so for 40 years, they would set up shop. The Bible says that they were led by the presence of God. Uh, in the daytime, the presence of God was a cloud. At nighttime, it was a fire in the sky. And then whenever the cloud would stop or the fire would stop, so would the people. And they would unpack. And then when the cloud or the fire moved, they would pack back up. And they did this for 40 years. They were wanderers for 40 years. And then eventually they reached the promised land, which was, which was Canaan. And, and that was the land that God had promised them about for a long time. And here, here's the other thing about the tabernacle or the Feast of Tabernacle. This is also during the harvest season. Now, as I said before, this, this one right here, this feast has not yet been fulfilled by Jesus. Th this right here is the fulfillment of when Jesus comes back. And now, now hear, hear how, watch the similarities between uh, this and the fulfillment of Jesus is that just like the 
Israelites were wanderers for 40 years. They didn't have a home. Come on, Paul says we are aliens of this earth. That sounds weird, but, but he, he's saying that we are not of this earth. Like, we're, like this is not, earth is not our per, permanent residency. Come on, at some point, we believe that we get to spend eternity in heaven. And so just like, uh, excuse me, just like, like how the, the Israelites, they were wanderers for 40 years, this is not our home. But just like how they eventually reached the promised land, so will we, so those who believe will eventually reach their permanent residency in heaven. And we also know that, that the, when Jesus comes back, that there is going to be a great harvest that happens beforehand. And so I, I want to read this to you. I think this is one of the most beautiful pictures uh, that, that, you can, that you can have of Jesus' second coming when he comes back. This is out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 15. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, according to the Lord's word, so apparently Jesus had mentioned this before, we tell you that uh, we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. So those who already had passed away. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven. So we know that in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus ascended, the disciples were like, looking. They're like, oh my gosh, where did you go? And some angels came down and was like, hey, Jesus is not here, but he's coming back right where he, where he ascended, he will descend. And on the Mount of Olives. And so, uh, so come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of, trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ. So believers who have already died will rise first. After that, check this out. This is the encouraging part. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Come on, somebody. Like, I love earth, but heaven sounds so much better. And so that, that is the feast of tabernacle. And, and, and so the Feast of Tabernacle, it, signif it signifies when, when we are um, spending eternity in heaven with, with Jesus. Let me get back to my notes. That Jesus is coming back for me. And so we can look at these two feasts, the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Tabernacle. And for most of us, like we can jump on board with those two, Right? Like, for the most, for most part, we look at the feast of Passover, and we're like, yeah, Jesus saved me. Come on, somebody. We look at the feast of Tabernacle, and we're like, he's coming back for me one day. But then we look at this bad boy right here, feast of Pentecost, and we're like, mm, maybe that one's not for me. But I, I want to encourage you again, and, and we're going to break down the feast of Pentecost right now, to lean in and, and to know that, that just as these two feasts apply to you, so does this one right here. And there's so much for you in this feast right here of what, what Jesus has. And so, uh, so, so again, the, the feast of Pentecost, it, it, it signifies, it's a time where, where they would stop and remember how God gave Moses the law for, for Israel. 
And a couple things that, that stand out to me on this is that um, as Moses was on the mountain with God, that there was, a loud, there was loud noise and there was fire. In fact, uh, the Bible says that the people that were on the bottom of the mountain, they saw smoke on top of the mountain and they, they were freaked out. And so, so the loud noise in fire, it's uh, during this time period, this is where God, he, he wrote the law on stone. On, on stone. And, and then the last thing that they remembered is that in this moment, so while Moses was, was talking with God, the people on the bottom of the mountain, they were getting kind of bored. Just like you back there, sir. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> There's no one back there. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, so when Moses was on, on top of the mountaintop, and uh, uh, he was, God was, was speaking to him, the people on the bottom, they were bored. And they're like, man, we need to do something. We need to worship something. So they built this idol. So while God was speaking and imparting and, and wisdom to Moses on top of the mountain, these people were like, hey, like partying, like worshiping an idol. And it was crazy. And, and, and so what ends up happening is 3,000 people died that day. But check this out. I love this because uh, Jesus, he fulfills the Pentecost. And he, here's how Jesus fulfills the Pentecost. He leaves. Jesus fulfills the Pentecost when he leaves. See, because remember, when, when Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, he, he's like, hey, I got to tell you something. He, he said, I have to leave in order for me to send down someone that can help you out. And so in order for him, he was referring to the Holy Spirit, in order for the Holy Spirit to come down and to help you, I have to leave. I have to go. And so Jesus, he fulfilled this by leaving because he gave an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to Come down and be our helper. And this is Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. And filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages in this, as the Spirit enabled them. And so what I want us to do in our last moments together, I want us to see how the Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, is fulfilled in our lives. What it looks like in our lives. The meaning and the power is found in what happened that day. And these are the last parts of your notes, and I think I'm going to be good with time. <laughs> so, why Pentecost is important to me, to you. Here's the first one. 
He empowers me to live supernaturally. He empowers me to live supernaturally. Just like when Moses was talking with God and, and the loud noise came and the fire came, the same thing happened to the 120 who were in the upper room. They were hanging out. They were waiting for what, what Jesus had promised them. And a loud wind came and, and fire, what looked like tongues of fire, were over their heads. First Corinthians chapter two, verse four through five. My message in my preaching were not with wise and pervasive, pervasive, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. That it won't rest on human wisdom, but God's power. It won't rest on human wisdom, but God's power. See, when, when the Holy Spirit enables you to live supernaturally, you, you don't rely on human wisdom, but on God's power. The Holy Spirit wants us to live. He's enabling us to live supernaturally. Not in a way that is weird, not in a way that will freak people out, not in a way that, that uh, would dishonor who, who he is, but he wants us to live supernaturally because he wants us to walk in power. He wants us to walk in authority. Powerful God, impossible situation. Powerful God, impossible situation. He wants to enable you to tap into his power so that whatever situation you are going through, whatever situation seems impossible, whatever situation seems like there's no way that you can handle it, that you can know that there is a God who has left, Jesus left, to send down his Holy Spirit, his helper, to empower you to live supernaturally. So that whatever situation you are going through, you know that God is with you through his Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. So number one, he empowers me to live supernaturally. Here's number two. He empowers me to live righteously. He empowers me to live righteously. So God, he, he, he wrote, he was with Moses, right? And, and he wrote the, uh, the law. I didn't flip this one around. That's ADD right there. He, he wrote uh, the law on tablets. But this time, he, Jesus fulfilled it because he didn't write the law on tablets, but the Bible says he wrote it on our hearts. And 
And here's the crazy thing. Even though he wrote it on our hearts, it is still so hard to live good. It is still so hard to live righteously. And it's like God knew that. Who would have thought? Because he sent us the Holy Spirit to enable us to live righteous. See, Jesus, he, he enables us. When we make a decision to follow Christ, he enables us to be in right standing with God. So God sees us not through our sin, but through Jesus. That's an amazing image right there. But the Holy Spirit, He helps us to live right. He helps us with, if you grew up in church, He helps us with conviction. When we know that we're not supposed to be doing something or saying something or watching something or acting a certain way, it's the Holy Spirit who comes and, and he, He's like, hey, that's not right. <laughs> Some of us were like, shut up! <laughs> But I promise, the closer you draw to God, the closer that voice becomes. And, and, and so, so, so he comes to empower us to live righteously so that we can walk righteously. So that we can walk upright. That's why you see all throughout scripture, Paul, he, he talks about the flesh and then the spirit. He says this in in Romans 8 9 but you are not controlled by your sinful nature you are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you come on he he empowers me to live righteously he, here's the last one the third one he empowers me to fulfill his mission he empowers me to fulfill his mission. Here, here's the crazy thing. When, when this happened, when, when Moses was on the mountaintop and the people were on the bottom, 3,000 people died, right? Here's the crazy thing, is that the day of Pentecost, when the 120 were in the upper room, Holy Spirit came, he, he empowered them. Then Peter, uh, what's interesting is that, that uh, they, they started speaking in, in another language, in tongues, and people on the outside were like, are they drunk? What are they doing? And Peter was like, it's five o'clock somewhere. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He was like, no, they are not drunk. In fact, he, here's what he said. Um, he stands up as a result of what happened in the upper room. He was empowered with boldness to testify of the goodness of Jesus. And watch this. Acts 2, 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? So whatever happened to Peter because the Holy Spirit when he spoke, it did something to the people's heart. And the Bible says that 3,000 people in one day were saved, were brought to Christ. 3,000 
people. In the law, 3,000 died, but come on. When Jesus fulfills something, there's life. And 3,000 people experienced the love of Jesus. Can I tell you this? That the Holy Spirit, that Pentecost, I want to make sure I get this right. I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to get emails. Some people send me emails, and I'm like, take it up with God, man. So 3,000 people were saved. of the Holy Spirit has it's, it's not about the goosebumps I was raised in a church where where it was all about goosebumps like that was it was goosebumps Holy Spirit was goosebumps and as long as I had goosebumps then I knew Holy Spirit was present can I tell you what what the the uh, here, here, here's how you know the Holy Spirit is working is when people get saved that's when you know Holy Spirit is working that's when you know his presence are there when people begin to repent of their sins and they know that man I can't help it I can't, I can't deny what I'm feeling there's something that is happening inside of my heart and inside of my mind and it has nothing to do with, with goosebumps or hilly willies or shakies or falling down or snakes or dressing weird or no makeup, extra makeup. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with people experiencing Jesus. And so the feast Passover, Jesus saves. Feast of Tabernacle, he's coming for you. He's coming back for you. And I need you to know this morning that he's coming for you this morning, that he wants to empower you, that it's for you. Pentecost is for you. That, that it has nothing to do with the weirdness that it's been packaged around. It has everything to do with the idea that he wants to empower you supernaturally. He wants to empower you to live righteously. And he wants to empower you to fulfill his mission. And if we can walk and be a church that is full of the Holy Spirit, and we leave all the weirdness aside... Come on, he'll draw men to him like never before. And it's going to be amazing. Amen. Come on, yeah, let's give God a hand clap. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.